I don't know why. I've been getting these like um weird spam texts about CBD oil. Um <laughs> Yeah, right? Like I just I don't know why. And they seem like they're addressed to somebody that's not me, so I have no idea what the hell is happening. Anyway. I've never had that happen to me. <laughs> everyone and welcome back to the AdCast, a podcast for the study of modern visual culture. I'm your brand new animal, Renu. And I'm your tower of God, <laughs> Soup. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I was writing the, the document for this week, right? And I was like, and I was like uh, let's see. We have, uh, we have BNA and, mm-hmm. and uh, Tower of God and, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, brand new animal works pretty well. Yeah, as like a, as like a thing. And then it was like, but nothing else really does. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I'll be your tower of God. I mean, I could have been your I could have been your villainous, but like I think that was I think that was the the sampler one. I think it was the villainous. So you could have been a tower of soup. I could have been a tower of soup. I am a tower of soup. What what a is a human being soup. if not a tower of soup? <laughs> 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 yeah. anyway this week at stands for absolute territory because we'll be wrapping up the spring 2020 season yeah um it's it's been a bit of a weird one uh because like half of the anime that they said would come out this uh this season didn't because you know uh it couldn't (laughs) and it It, it it, yeah it came out and then it stopped (laughs) yeah i i will say this it it's kind of um one of the strange things is it does reveal just how like odd anime production is and that they just kind of like release it week by week right and obviously like this is the case for manga but um it you never really think about how that that is the case for her anime as well like they probably have Mm -hmm. like one or two weeks advance and that that's kind of it um Mm -hmm. hence Hence, we got like two episodes of of uh, Fugo Keiji and then nothing else for a long yep. time. So yeah, yeah. Um, it has been a bit of a weird one, and we didn't watch like a ton. Um, we kind of just stuck with what what we liked, and yeah. there was I don't know. It was qu- it was kind of a quiet season with like a couple standouts, and I um. Next season is gonna be even like sparser. Yeah, that's what <laughs> like, I was gonna say. We, <laughs> we looked through the uh, the seasonal seasonal stuff, um, and you know, obviously, if you're you're a, a patron, you can you can go watch that uh, trailer watch. But like, we we were just like, oh, is that is that all the anime coming out this season? There's really not a lot. A lot of it was edgy stuff. Like those guys will never stop. <laughs> oh no no, the power of horny will never stop. Yeah. There's like. There's definitely like at least one show that's like def like borderline um hentai for for sure that yeah. is uh you know on the kind of like issues of good reviewer spectrum. So. Right. Um but that's not what we're here to talk about. So mm-hmm. uh why don't we why do why don't we uh why don't we why don't we, we catch don't up first? 
It's, a, it's been a bill. A bull, a bull, a bull. It's been a little while. <laughs> it, it has been a little while. Yeah. Um. Let's see. I have been looking at houses to move to because our current living situation um, is going to end soon because our landlord is unable to renew our lease because her son is unemployed and unable to afford rent at his current place anymore, so she's going to give him our place and we're going to get I out of here. S- <laughs> I see. Man, it, it really does put into perspective what it's like to own land, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll be finding a new place to rent, and in the meantime, uh, trying to, to sift through a lot of, like, false posts and stuff like scam posts you know too like that the, the kind of stuff that you would get like on craigslist or whatever mm-hmm. there's a lot of that uh sometimes they pop up on zillow too and that's wild we've we taken been taken on a wild goose chase before on that uh, because of that yeah. last time that we went to go look for a place so that's been fun um my roommate has taken it upon himself to send a selfie of him flipping someone off because of the last their last scam attempt wow that to... sounds that sounds yeah. so yeah mm-hmm. no that checks yeah yeah no it's uh, because they were like trying to get information like government id information out of him um in order to secure just a basic house tour which was which really threw us for a loop because we had already been to see like half a dozen properties this week and so to have this one in particular uh, really stressed that we needed to provide different forms of identification, yada, yada, yada. Was, mm-hmm. Like, it, it just seemed very suspicious. Right. Uh, and so, yeah, um, there were just like a lot of red flags. And so we had to, you know. I see. I yeah. See. It, it's like that, you know. It'd be like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, I... <laughs> I don't envy anybody who has to try and find housing. I know a couple of people. I actually know quite a lot of people right now who are, are um, or have been in the last couple months, been attempting to find housing, and it sounds hellish. Oh yeah, like like worse than normal, really. Yeah. And it was already pretty pretty bad. So I don't I don't envy your situation at all. But I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. We have until September, so we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking of, like, I, uh, I'm, I'm moving pretty soon too. Actually, oh yeah. Um, I am, uh, kind of moving out of the, uh, the place that I have been living in for the last, like, shoot, I don't know, like, uh, boy, uh, I mean, what age do you go to preschool at? Because that's that's how long I've been in this house. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> but uh yeah we're we're moving out of here cuz my dad has kind of um taken um a look at his life and he's realized ah you know what I'm I'm done I'm done working you know I uh, oh. I have been working like 3 or 4 jobs for the last like 30 years uh I'm going to I'm going to do one maybe two <laughs> So wait he's what ca- Yeah Wait he's been working 3 to 4 jobs simultaneously I mean, yes, yes. Um, basically, he um, so he's been working a. Um, he obviously has his day job, but he has a uh, quote unquote side job as a as a realtor. But 
then the person in charge of his real estate company died of a heart attack at like 50. Oh. So my dad got his broker's license and became the co- president of the company. Um, okay. And then all the while he's he does kind of like you know because he because he has his like realtor's license you know he's been um managing property uh which includes uh the one that we live on which is a um which is an apartment complex um and so he's kind of the the go-to in between between like the the company that uh owns the um the complex and uh everybody who lives in it so uh he's been doing that for like you know 20 odd years um and then he's he's realized over the course of this pandemic that uh boy that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, um my dad has finally made the house that we uh that he has bought to retire to livable, so he's going to live wow. in it now. Wow. And um he's he's whisking me away with him as well because <laughs> um not only is it quite difficult to uh find a place to live, it's quite difficult to find a job, uh especially here in California. Where it mm-hmm. is impossible to find uh, a job with enough money to live, it's it, it's a whole thing. But yeah, mm-hmm. so that's that's kind of in my future too. It's really funny. Um, and some of my friends have also like just graduated college too, so they're obviously kind of um staying with their parents now and and thinking about maybe looking for housing outside. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, summer tends to be like that, right? I feel like. Yeah, yeah, graduate, definitely. Yada yada. I want. I I actually wonder if like m- a majority of like housing turnover happens in like summertime, because like you have all the like college kids that have to you know get out of their places and look for new places, and then you have all the people who just graduated college looking for places to live. Mm-hmm. And then if you just follow like a yearly lease cycle, like you know you just renew it every summer. So I wonder. Anyway, um, what else have you been up to? lot um today we had a breakthrough with one of our stray cats oh? she has really hated the uh, these other two stray kittens that we have and today she laid on them like oh. all cuddle like and we took oh. pictures of it like a god dang photo shoot like proud parents <laughs> oh <laughs> that's adorable it took like Weeks, but she's finally warmed up to them, which is so sweet. <laughs> oh, I honestly, I'm surprised that I like. I have no idea how big your living situation is, but I cannot imagine that it's actually big enough to fit like seven cats. Um, we've been doing okay. Like it, it does feel like you know there's a lot of cats around, but it because we're in a house situation like that, it it gets spread out well enough. Okay, um, yeah, I mean that's fair. Like, yeah. You're not you're not in like a like a two bedroom apartment. Exactly. So we could have like a cat, one to two cats in each room, and it wouldn't feel very crowded, you know, because right, the, yeah, yeah, we've got a, a, an, enough of a spread to make sure the cats are comfortable to roam around. Mm-hmm, and there's mm-hmm. also the fact that they can go in the backyard too, which is nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is nice. That is nice. Yeah, I mean that's it, man. Just house hunting and yeah. cats. <laughs> yeah. Life as life as it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you? Aside from your housing situation. Um, yeah. Well I uh this is this is kinda weird. So like um this episode probably would have gone up like a week or two or three even ago. Um maybe not three weeks ago, but like 
it, it would have gone up earlier, but I was actually taking a trip to uh, Oregon to, to see my partner before things got, like, really crazy. Um, <laughs> and, uh, boy, is it just not, like, not fun to, to travel right now at all. Um, yeah. I, I mean... It's not, like, as big of a deal for me, because, like, obviously, um, I have the the luxury of choosing what day to fly, so obviously I'm, I'm choosing, like, the least populated day to fly, which is, you know, Monday, and yeah. um, that really helps a lot, because there's, like, f- you know, one person per row on the plane, but it's still, like, a little bit, like, you know, you hope everyone is wearing their mask, you hope everything, everyone is following the rules, you hope nobody's, like, doing something dumb. Um, yeah. I mean, in the first place, like traveling at this at this kind of current moment um, in the continental United States is not not an advisable thing to do. But I mean, you got to do what you got to do, right? <laughs> um. So, yeah, I went on a trip uh, to Oregon to see my partner. Um, they got a a cat, a little little, little kitty cat. Yeah. And um, that cat uh has become the light of my life. And, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, you've seen many. I've sent many pictures in the group chat about uh, about young young Philip, my my son. Philip. I love him so much, even though I'm like literally looking down at my pants right now, and the drawstrings are, like just have holes in them because he just he loved to play with them. Oh. <sighs> he's oh. so big. He's so big. He's like. Oh. He's like three, like four months old now, right? He's like yeah. coming up on four months old, and he's like probably almost five pounds. Oh my god! He's, dude. he's a large. Like he's not like he's not like a chunky fat boy either. Like he's just big, <laughs> like genetically large, you know. Big orange boy. <laughs> Big orange boy. Anyway, um, I I love Philip so much, even though I look down at my hands right now, and I still have like recovering wounds from when i was trying to ferry this cat across a... okay so we went to the, uh-huh. we went to a beach basically and this is um at some point we took we took philip out on an adventure to the beach and um our plan was we would just like sit somewhere away from uh, other human beings and have a have a nice little picnic with with philip um he was very stressed out the whole time. It's a new environment. Um, but it, actually, what made it much worse was um, we went, we, we drove for like an hour, uh, hour, hour and a half to, to a, a less populated beach. And um, we passed many signs in rural Oregon uh, that were calling for the governor of Oregon to be, um, I'm going to say dethroned. <laughs> <laughs> um because because the governor of Oregon um I think her name is Kate Brown is is who they're basically like saying like is like mandating people wear masks cuz of course right like you right. you should uh, you know you, you have to follow the the federal guidelines I say federal guidelines there's no federal guidelines you've got to follow um safety protocol that the rest of the world agrees is a good idea um and when you don't believe in that you're gonna get mad because yeah. you're like, ah, this is fascism. Meanwhile, we're ignoring the part of Portland where like secret police are kidnapping protesters. But anyway, that's the state <laughs> of America right now, and holy shit, it's actually horrifying. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we are. Um, we went to this beach, and um, what made it very difficult for for young Philip to get um, kind of acquainted with the beach because we were expecting kind of like our quiet uh, beach outing. Uh, but my, my God, um, 
so many people drove their cars onto the beach. Like, oh. onto the sand of the beach. Oh, like, yeah. that's just a thing that people were doing. And wow. I swear to God, every one in three... And like one would come every, like, three or so minutes, right? But one in every three got stuck <gasps> in the sand. When we... Well... <laughs> when we got there, there was a car stuck and, like, two different families trying to push it out of the sand. And there were there were cars coming by and they were like, ah, yeah, I got you. And, like, they would, like, tow it a little bit. And, like, it was just revving engines all, all day long. Um, oh, my God. Why? Why? <laughs> I Every time we saw a car pass, we were like, is this one going to get stuck? Is this one going to get stuck? Is this one going to get stuck? What? Why can't they just hang out on the beach without their vehicles? I I presume it's because they couldn't find a convenient enough parking and they didn't want to walk. And that's just how America is. We just but don't that... give a shit about anyone else. No! What? That, that... <laughs> that's just the <laughs> thing that you do when you go to the beach. Parking sucks and sometimes you have to walk a long time to get to the beach. That's just the thing that you have to deal with. That doesn't mean that you get free reign to drive your car onto the beach and get it stuck in the sand. Oh my god. Apparently, <laughs> and and this is this was foreign to me, right? Because like I've never seen this. I've never seen a car on a beach except for like maybe like a an emergency vehicle. Me too. And, right. And I and we just realized this might just be like an Oregon thing. Maybe they just do that up here. So I've never seen that before. Oh, yeah, me neither. It was wild. And seeing the cars get stuck, I was like, well, of course you're going to get stuck. Like, I, what did you expect? Right, exactly. What did you expect? Oh, so um, that was, uh, that was interesting. But anyway, it made getting <sighs> Philip back to our car very hard because the cars kept coming. And every time a car would pass, it would set us back like five minutes because he'd be like, ah, car. I'd be like, it's mm -hmm. okay, Philip. Every time I try to pick him up, he'd like claw my fucking arm off. So. <laughs> Uh, it was, it was a bit of a struggle, like, uh, the closer we got to, oh my god, this is the worst, so we got to this, like, um, very close to the car, um, my partner was like, okay, I'll, I'll just, like, I'll go to the car and, and I'll, I'll get the air conditioner going so that, you know, Philip doesn't freak the fuck out, um, and, and get, like, overheated or whatever, and I'm like, yeah, it's okay, I, I can, I can, I can get Philip back to the car, and, um, I, the answer was I, I, I couldn't, because what happened was, um, like, we got to this, like, intersection, where um somebody obviously had a house there and there were four cars in the like garage and at that moment they all chose to leave <laughs> and so so philip <laughs> hid under a bush and just refused to come out and i was oh, like oh no this is this is uh... and eventually um it took so long because, like, every time I tried to pick him up, he'd just, like, squirm out of the way immediately. And I was like, I don't want to, like... Uh... And we didn't... We forgot to bring his carrier, too, so it was, like, there was no easier way to do this. So anyway, um, eventually my partner just, just kind of drives up, and, and I just... I toss Philip in the window. Oh, my God. I'm like, please, please take them. Please take the son. Please take my son. Please, please take oh the boy. Oh, my God. <laughs> So, um, that was, that was a moment of, uh, I'm going to say great excitement, um, on, in the course of that trip. Anyway, I, I got back Monday, um, and I've just kind of been inside since then, quarantining myself like a good, responsible adult human being. Um, normally my grandparents come 
on like Thursdays to make sure that everything's like, you know, clean and everything is laundered because normally they do that. But, you know, uh, basically I was like, yeah, you don't you don't have to come this week because um, I'm like, I don't feel sick any more than normal. That is, I always feel a little bit ill, <laughs> um, but it's best. It's better to be safe than sorry, especially uh, because, you know, younger people can oftentimes be asymptomatic and. You know, yeah. you just want to be safe. You don't want to be the one that killed Grandmammy. Uh, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a guilt you would carry for the rest of your life. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've, I've been, I've been inside. I will be inside for the next, like, you know, two or so weeks. Um, mm-hmm. I'll probably have to leave to go grocery shopping, uh, at some point, but, you know, you wear a mask, so. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, other than that, I have been, um... I've been doing some writing, obviously. Um, I've been doing some work, uh, mm-hmm. whatever little I, I have. Um, but even that is proving to be quite a lot because, like, it's just hard to get work done when everything is on fire. Um, <laughs> aside from that, I, start, I started playing a new gacha game, uh, which is always a mistake, but... That is a mistake. Yeah, so I started playing Sinnoh Alice, which is uh, a mobile game... That is directed by Yoko Taro. So, of course, I started playing it. And it's basically... Oh, I see. Like, um... It's basically, like, uh... the It's kind of a classic, like, uh... We're gonna make anime fairy tales kind of thing. Except it's Yoko Taro and, um... A bunch of people who developed the game uh, and actually wrote most of it are, like, also fans of Yoko Taro. So all of it is, like, really... (laughs) Like, really fucked up. Um... Okay. I have some th- I have some thoughts about it because uh there is uh, some I'm going to say vaguely problematic content um but not in a way that anybody who isn't uh like trans could understand right um because there is there is a trans character in Sino Alice um but it the thematically she's not handled like ideally I mean I I personally really like the character um, there are some problems with the way that the characters' themes are framed, and even though they're not directly related to, like, the transness necessarily, it's, it's still kind of a bit of an, an issue. But, you know, that's neither, neither, neither here nor there. Um, Sidon hmm. Alice is very interesting. It's basically, like, kind of like Grand Blue, but not, um, because most of, most of what you do in the game is you just build your weapon grid, and I'm like, oh, I've been through this song and dance, I know what this is like. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very pretty, actually. Like the um, writing is is fairly decent uh, overall. The um, music is really great. The uh, art style is really, really kind of neat. And there's a near automata collaboration going on, so you can of get two B in the game. So of course, that's mm-hmm. why I started playing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, now you know, uh, I guess I'm just, I guess I'm just playing this game. I don't know how long I'll be playing the game for, but I'm playing this game. What what um, kind of gameplay does it have? It's, it's kind of, um, it's, it's, it's a little bit weird where, um, you essentially build a, a grid of weapons and then they just show up randomly. Like you're drawing like cards from a deck and then you just tap which one you want to use and it uses it. And then it uses like this resource called SP that will regenerate gradually over time. So basically it's like a real time esque battle, like a, like an RPG. But, you know, there's, like, kind of a more more real-time spin to it than just, like, turn-based. Um, mm. 
Yeah, uh, it, it's kind of interesting, and and there are some interesting thing that is, uh, things that it does, like, mechanically. Um, there are some things I, like, don't like about it mechanically, but, I mean, overall, it's it's kind of a fun time. Um, it's one okay. of those, like, slow, slow build games, for sure. Like, this game really kind of requires you to build your power gradually over time. Like, you can spike it um, from day to day, but you will... Especially if you're not, like, paying money to roll the gacha, you will very quickly hit, like, the cap of, of the power that you can attain. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you, like, many people were saving for the Nier Automata uh, gacha, because um, most of your power comes from the gacha, and most of your, your power comes from being able to have, like, weapons that fit your class and that suit your... Um, your stats, etc., etc., etc. Most of your stats mm-hmm. come from your weapons. So, yeah, it's. Would I recommend anybody plays it? No, not really. Um, I mean, yes, <laughs> yes, but also no. Like, yes, in the way that it's it's a fun game, and if you have like nothing else going on, if you like Nier Automata, if you kind of like what it would look like if uh like a, a Yoko Taro esque team wrote um fairy tales. All of that, you know, if you like the art style, obviously, like go go for it. Um, but no, in the fact that it's it's a gacha game and you should never play any gacha games, right? Like <laughs> they'll just they'll ruin your life. It's it's really just not worth it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I've been having a good time with that. Honestly, okay. um, w- one of the nice things about Sinnoh uh, Alice is um one of the nice and terrible things is that they have a like a daily PvP event, which is where some of your kind of progression comes from. So it really heavily encourages you to join a guild. For a little while, I was playing in a solo guild, which is hilarious because there is a mechanic in the PvP that just any attack has a small chance of just one, one-shotting one you and just killing you instantly. So uh... even if you have 8,000 more stats than every other person on the enemy team, they could just kill you in, in one shot. So it's uh... like... So, I mean, it, it's an incentive to, to build for, uh, or to, to form groups, but it's really funny because it's like, if you fought out, if you were fighting a bunch of ants, but every one in like 20 ants pull a gun on you at random, just like, ah, it's gun time. And then I don't you're just know like, how I, I guess feel I'm about dead. that. <laughs> um, so anyway, I've since, I've since left my solo guild cause nobody was joining and I was sad. Um, and just joined a different guild and, um. I will say that the um, there are some annoyances I have with the PvP uh, the PvP system, um, namely how like easy it is to uh, like revive your um, kind of fallen uh, allies because it's like very difficult when you're alone. But like you can just heal them from zero, which is like means they can just keep popping back up, and you're like, well, what's the point of? Uh. Um, but overall, it's, like, honestly pretty fun, and it, like, really kind of encourages, like, guild unity or whatever. Um, if I could convince my Grand Blue Guild what is left of it at any at any rate to uh, to play, uh, I would, but they don't seem that interested, but that's okay. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so Sinnoh Alice, it's, it's okay. You know, it's, it's pretty fun. It's a little arcane. Um, like, it's a little bit obtuse in how it works. Like you really have to kind of dig into how the mechanics of it work, but like I uh-huh. I learned how to play Grand Blue Fantasy, so everything else is child's play. Child's play. You're yeah. a little well, baby. Yeah, you were like little baby. Well, I mean, when you <laughs> when you get into like Grand Blue, it's like ah, uh, okay. So there are weapon skills that increase your power by a set percentage, and then there are summons that increase those percentages by a certain percentage. It's just math. It's just math. <laughs> 
Okay. You're like, uh, what is the optimal break point for my weapon grid? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> so, yeah, Grand Blue is releasing summer characters too. Um, and I, <sighs> I don't know. I'm just, I'm honestly for Grand Blue, I'm just waiting until the summer event starts, like their like free campaign where they give away a bunch of draws. Uh, because yeah. it's you know. That's the f- that's the fun, exciting stuff when you get free things. But they won't have yeah. their live stream until like the eighth of August. I don't remember if it was that late last year, but um, I'm sure that uh, you know, global pandemic has, has something to do with it. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So that is uh everything that I've I've been up to. I don't know. I've just been playing a lot of video games. Um, okay. And and being sleepy. Um, I yeah. probably should. Yeah. Anyway. I probably should like try and wean myself off of caffeine for a little bit. Um, that, that would might probably be, be best for me. <laughs> um, I just need to get some work done first, which is what I always say. That is what you always say. Well, yeah, it always like my caffeine intake always cranks up around the time I need to like do work, and then it always like drops a little bit after. But it means I have to spend like three days of sleep, which is just like you're just like ah, I'm wasted three days doing nothing. <laughs> so whatever. Anyway, let's talk about anime. All right. <laughs> First thing on the docket, let's talk about Fruits Basket Season 2. Furuba. Furuba. Man, things are really getting dramatic in Fruits Basket, huh? How about that? <laughs> How about that? Yeah. I, you know, it's funny because, like, um, Fruits Basket has basically just kind of been constantly coming out for the last, like, three seasons because, like, it's, you know, there's two seasons, um, we're in the second one, but each season goes for two cores, so it's, like, one, yeah. one season per, like, 12 episodes or whatever, and we're on the, like, fourth one now, so. Mm-hmm. Sorry, it just, it just keeps going, and, yeah, I mean, it's, it's as, as good as it is gonna be, like, it's, it's Roots Basket, it's, it is as, like, angsty and dramatic as you kind of want it to be, right? I don't I don't know if uh this was your experience when you were kind of like experiencing Fruits Basket for the first time but you know you're just like oh this is cathartic in, in a way that I don't understand. Yeah, well it's interesting because it when you think about Fruits Basket just like you know just think about the series in general you don't really immediately think of the angst and the drama or whatever because you think about how fluffy it is and like cute animal people. <laughs> Uh, that's true that's true there's definitely yeah. a like a like um there must be there must be like a um a um kind of like female oriented equivalent of like moe right or maybe it's just maybe it's just moe maybe they just use it like that but yeah no you're right there's like a certain moe factor to the way that fruits basket is perceived where it's like ah <laughs> zodiac ha hijinks with funny funny animal boys and then right. like you get to episode like 40 and it's just like Ah, uh, will you recreate the violence you experienced in the household onto others? You're like, what the shit? <laughs> Ex- excuse me? I wasn't ready. <laughs> you're like, you get you get to each Zodiac character and you're like, what trauma did you go through in your background? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are we going to uncover today? I... <laughs> I will say I I actually really like the the kind of framing of a fruits basket. And this is obviously something that like I don't remember most of fruits basket the first time I, I watched. I was probably like twelve, mm-hmm. so you know nothing really stuck at that point. Um, but like I I like really didn't you know uh 
understand any anything that was happening. And now as an adult, I'm watching back, I'm like, oh, it's about, like, the cycle of abuse. Yeah. You're like, yep. ah, I see. <laughs> I see. <laughs> ah. They, ah. And then the, like, framing of the, zo- the Zodiac as, like, a, as, like, a um, dramatic device for how each of these characters has, like, their own personal, um, you know, trauma and, and drama is, like, really interesting. Like, obviously you have, um... Yuki, who's just like, ah, yeah, I'm, like, the mouse, so I'm, like, afraid, and I will never stand up for myself. I'll just, like, keep running away to, like, save myself, and... Right. Um, there's the... Uh, I mean, they're all, they're all like that, right? Yeah. Um, obviously the, the most, um, most obvious one being, uh, Kyo with, like, ah, yeah, I was the one who was left out of the Zodiac. Mm-hmm. I'm shunned and cursed by my supposed family. <sighs> but yeah, I I still really like Fruits Basket, and I yeah. I will, I think continue to enjoy the way that it, it frames um family as as not just being something that is is about blood, but about you know yeah. how how you form relationships with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say there is one one like just one glaring issue right that we have come to notice which is there is a lot like a lot of really unhealthily large age gap like pining um <laughs> and this is obviously something that you don't really consider when you're like 14 you're like ah yeah you know like uh hot mature men they're so dreamy but like you know, when you get into your 20s, you're like, oh my god, what <laughs> you are, are you child doing? child going after an adult, and this adult is going after a child, this is not okay. <laughs> like, there is, you know, there, on at least, like, three or four occasions, there's, like, um, somebody who's like, ah, this, this man, I, I love him, I wish I could be with him, and you're like, girl, you are nine years younger than that man. <laughs> that would be so bad for both of you. Like, it becomes a lot less of an issue when you're both, like, older adults, right? Because you're basically in the same life stage. Right, but you, you have to be in the same, in... like, in this, on right. the same level of, like, power. Exactly. Right? Right. And there's a really uneven power dynamic between a high school student and a career adult. It's just different. It's, <laughs> yeah. And it, obviously, that's something that, like, you you just, like, don't inherently understand as, as somebody who's, like, not an adult yet. Right. right? You're just like, ah, oh, what's the difference? Like, I'm, I'm a fully mature human being. You are not a fully mature human being. No. <laughs> no. Um, but, like, I, and this is, this is the, this is the kind of thing, right, where it's, I, I I noticed that even even people who kind of like theoretically should know better find themselves uh being suckered into these kinds of relationships anyway. And that's kind of a, a big thing that's like coming out right now with, you know, people who are like Twitch streamers, right? And the kind of power dynamic that is being abused there and especially, you know, doubly so when it's when it's like minors when they're kind of impressionable. So like Yeah. Yeah. It it, it's kind of and this is why it's kind of important to like point out that it's it's kind of a, an issue right in in the fiction because it, it normalizes this behavior for people who otherwise like should know better and should not you know be 
Because, like, if you can point to, like, ah, it's Fruits Basket. Everybody loves Fruits Basket, right? Like, that that guy is nine years older than, than her, but it's fine because they love each other, and that's all that matters. And it's like, no, that's really not all that matters. There's actually a lot more here. Yeah, um, and I, I feel like Fruits Basket, it... <laughs> I mean, we we can say that it's a product of its time and whatnot, but it does leave some exploration in those kinds of dynamics pretty shallowly. Like, it just assumes that once these people get together, it's happy ending. Right, uh, yeah, yeah. If it's a relationship that is broken up, it was broken up before the series started, and now they're recovering from it as part of their trauma, like Hattori is. Yeah, uh, that's that's yeah. very a marker of, like, of of anime and manga of its time though for sure yeah 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 like in um in marmalade boy one of the characters in there is a high school girl who ends up with uh, her male teacher and they they run away and they elope and it's like oh jesus oh (laughs) (laughs) i actually i actually went to a a uh high school where it was rumored that one of the teachers did that i have some rumor i'm unsubstantiated but like you know you just hear that and you're like (laughs) yeah i mean i I will say that they do they did they did do a lot of writing in terms of showing like how not okay the teacher was with the whole idea of her being in love with him and yada 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 like there was that whole thing and they did i think she either waited until she graduated or she dropped out i can't remember but basically until she was of age quote unquote that that yeah i mean but yeah it's not (laughs) there's kind of obviously a level of of like you know there is a differentiation between you know fiction and and reality and when things are like uh when things are kind of like wish fulfillment or whatever or that kind of stuff like if it's just like high school girl thinks you know um adult man is is nice and attractive and and cool right that's fine that's just how people are like they will they'll they'll do that it's it's like when it's reciprocated that it becomes kind of an issue because you're like oh no and the issue here is not with like the idea of like um of like well like you know you should let people write fiction how they want to and let it be whatever uh they want to because you don't like you don't know their situation maybe they're like working through their own trauma right but like there's a difference between doing that in like kind of a personal project and like a commercial manga right where the level of engagement there is so different and the level of normalization is is so different um because there's an obvious difference between uh somebody who is like i i put my work out in adult spaces for adults to consume for their for own mm. like kind of you know mm-hmm. s- uh satisfaction or whatever and like this is a manga that is like aimed at primarily high school girls and if they see right. that kind of behavior and they they see that as like normal then it can you know obviously kind of i'm not going right. to say it's going to like be the thing that leads to it but like you know uh, can't count it out, you know. Right. I I do think that there is an argument to be made in terms of oh, they ought to know better to tell fiction from reality. Like that's just the thing that you need to be able to know as you grow up and as you consume media. Like not everything that you consume is realistic to how things should be in real life. But yeah, it, yeah. There that also does come with maturity and. If you are still technically a child and you haven't 
completely formed those sensibilities yet and you're having certain media catered to you that normalizes certain things, you might not realize how abnormal those things are. So right, there's a, exactly. a careful balance to be struck there. Yeah. So cer- certainly, like, to be fair, a, a product of its time, but also, like, uh, <laughs> like come on. <laughs> like, how... I And this this might just be, like, me, but how on earth could a 25-year-old man look at a 16-year-old girl and just be like, oh, yeah, that is that is someone I could love? I would look at a, I would look at a 16-year-old now and I would be like, that's a fucking child. That is a child. That is a yeah. fucking child. This is, <laughs> this is, I don't want to interact with this child. I, don't, I hate children. Oh, my God. Oh, here we go. I don't want to interact with children. Here we go. <laughs> and I, I I swear like and and like this is this is kind of funny because like I I don't know what it is, right? But like I've always kind of felt that way about um I just don't everybody younger than me is a child, right? Like right. I have friends that are dating people like 2 to 3 years younger than them, right? And even when you get to 3 years younger at like, you know, 23, I'm like, "Hmm, hold on. Let's take a step back." Let's think about this, <laughs> right? And it's like maybe at that point, like when you're when you're in college, you're 23. It's like it's it's a little bit less icky than if you were like a, a like a high school senior and like a someone younger than that. In, in but like still, just kind of to me, it's like I would rather just date somebody who is certainly in in my like maturity range, um, right? My age range and right. Like I, I tend to find that I wouldn't I wouldn't go like more than a year younger than me so. oh yeah 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 i mean i never have so <laughs> I, don't, I, like, I don't know i don't know uh i i can i can certainly tell you i've never met anybody like more than a year younger than me that'd be like oh yeah cool no i would just be like this, who's this fucking who's this fucking sassy lost child Oh my god, dude. Uh, maybe maybe we can like come back to this discussion when I'm like 25, right? Sure. Yeah, uh, I think at that point you will have interacted with people who will be a couple years older or younger than you and uh they'll they'll just be in your sure. social circle sure. normally, yeah. you yeah, know. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, um <laughs> I, I I think that's just fucking wild uh nine years is so nine years is nine so years long. is a long time like <laughs> that is that is <sighs> i'm not saying that it's an impossible thing and that it hasn't happened before in our human history because of course it has and it's not like it's impossible to make it work but it is uh there's a lot of things going against it uh in particular that one of them is just has been through a lot more than the other and what do they talk about I want to, I want to, yeah, right. I I don't know what I would talk about with somebody who is 16. Like we would just run out of things, right? (laughs) This is how I feel when I'm, when I talk to children, I'm just like, so, uh, you've been, uh, watching, um, like I'm talking to someone who's 16, right? I'm just like, so you've been watching like Peppa Pig or what? (laughs) 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 Stop. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's just, it's just like. Why? Uh, Why? Like, to put this into perspective, right? I I think the average lifespan of somebody in the United States is like 80 years, right? So, like, mm-hmm. nine years is a ninth of that, basically. <laughs> that is a ninth of a person's lifespan. Like, 
you know? <laughs> anyway, um, so the fruits basket. It's it as anyway, as fruits we're, we're and as basket as <laughs> as it has always been. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So that, that's. It's it's a great show. Wild. Anyway, <laughs> it is it is a great show. Um, and luckily, uh, those those age gaps are not exacerbated in in any in any meaningful way, as far as I remember and have seen. Maybe I'm wrong. Actually, oh no, I'm gonna be wrong, aren't I? Oh, this, I'm gonna be fucking. <laughs> I'm gonna fi- I'm gonna be fucking Usagi dropped. This is what's happening. <laughs> It'll be okay. Curses. I never Sorry. read the manga for Fruits Basket. I don't know how it ends. I did. It's fine. It it doesn't oh, do, do the bad bads or whatever, like, go in a you really know, weird, perverse I, I direction. I will say this. Like, I think that there is, like, an amount of dramatic tension you could draw from that of, uh-huh. like, you know, like, oh, yeah, if we were but, but also, like, no. No, no. <laughs> Nope. Nope, I've changed my mind. I don't like it. Because <laughs> I was like, ah, I mean, if you were writing that kind of story, you could, like, ah, oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, yikes. Okay, let's talk about, let's talk about the next one. Let's not be <laughs> So, BNA, Brand New Animal, is the new Studio Trigger show. And yeah. boy, is it a doozy. Boy, boy. is it a doozy. So, boy. this is interesting. Um, mm-hmm. because normally when, um, normally when somebody, uh, proposes a, a furry show, right? <laughs> um, let's not mince words here. It's a, it's a furry show, you know, BNA and, and Beastars are furry shows. Netflix just really gunning for that furry demographic. It is really, yeah, yep. Um, but like when you have, um, furry shows, right? You will mm-hmm. tend to trend in one or uh, like one of two directions, which is you will either explore what it would be like to live in a society of animal people, um, which is what Beastars does, uh, or you will attempt to make some kind of uh, allegory for racial prejudice, which is what what BNA does, or you will you will just get lost and do something in between to horrible effect, like Zootopia does. Oh, <laughs> so here's here's the thing, right? Is okay. that BNA absolutely slaps? <laughs> okay, it slaps. Yeah, BNA absolutely slaps. But um, I the central kind of thing I wanted to talk about with BNA is that the racial allegory in in this anime does not suck outright, which is kind of wild um that is really what threw me for a loop was i wasn't even expecting racial allegory in the show because oh you so go yeah, in it's thinking it's, it's, it's studio trigger yeah and then suddenly they're they have a whole episode about it and you're like what on earth i haven't even seen I mean, like such a sensitive take on this before right not only is the whole show kind of permeated in um in like what what is it like um in kind of this air of of like exploring what what racial prejudice and and um that kind of stuff is like it it has episodes dedicated to it in a way that is like way way subtler than people realize right yeah so there is an entire episode that is dedicated to 
when uh, when Michiru and um uh like Michiru makes friends with the like daughter of the like mob boss in town. Yeah. And she realizes that she can transform um into her human form for a little while. So she they like basically sneak out and go into the city and go to a party and my my god. <laughs> so it's and I'm I'm almost certain that we talked about this in the in the like uh sampler, but like it's just it's worth talking about again. Where like the entire episode is dedicated to like they go to a party uh where the humans are having a beast man party where they're all wearing like um like animal masks, quote unquote. Um and there, there's your kind of first thing, right? Where you're like, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> sure, sure. And, and they, when they outwardly seem very pro beast people, right? Like, right. like yeah, beast so people like, are the yeah. greatest. Yeah, woohoo! Yeah, they don't, they don't deserve this oppression. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, and then when they realize that the um the dolphin girl is a is a beast person, they're they're like, like they don't they don't turn on her necessarily. They say, oh, it's. It's so brave of you to be here. Mm-hmm. It's it's so your existence is so brave and mm-hmm. and we're so proud of you for for coming to this party and and we really want to honor and and make sure that you're you're special and etc etc etc. And then they lock her in a cage because they don't understand what she needs, which is air. And they're like, but she she's a beast, man. She needs the water. Um, and all in all, the whole episode is this like amazing like. Shot on glimpse of what it's like to live as um as a minority in in somewhere like you know America or perhaps even you know Japan right where um and I will say this is much more prominent in in America where people have this kind of like overcorrection for um treating um like racial minorities where they will essentially center the conversation around themselves they will talk over people they will not listen to what they have to say like it's much more this this kind of uh performative uh, it is very performative right and that's not what i was expecting from my seasonal anime this season And I saw that episode and I, I initially right like um I only knew that the the you know, show was like kind of um about this because um, you know, my friend Brandon, who you might remember from the Sherlock episode, yeah. Uh told me about it. it was like, Have you seen episode four yet? And I was like, No, I haven't. He was like, Oh. Ooh. And my my <laughs> my god. <laughs> um like here's the thing, right? Is that BNA has um it avoids a couple of pitfalls. Uh, one, which is where um, certain shows that talk about uh, this, like, kind of animal racial allegory, uh, have can have some issues, right? Where it's like <sighs> there, there's so many shows that get it wrong, right? Um, and there's obviously, like, I mentioned Zootopia all the fucking time. Like, I mean, come on, she becomes a cop. Uh, um, <laughs> but like there, it gets confusing because they don't know where to draw the line between them being animal people and between real people, and as a result, you, the audience, gets confused. So when you have like you know, um, the 
the main villain of of Zootopia be like, well, I was doing this because uh, I'm afraid that the the carnivores will eat us, um, because it is their biological impulse that feeds into some kind of nasty ideas about what what racial relationships are like, right? It's basically like saying, well, you see, I'm going to have to get rid of the the racial minorities because if if I don't, they will kill us, which is mm-hmm. Um, to, to put it quite lightly, uh, what people actually believe in the United States of America right now. Mm-hmm. So, like, there, there's a lot of issues that crop up around um, when you get into biological essentialism and when you try to tie that into your racial allegory when there's actually, like, no real um one to one for that in in real life we made a race up that's a thing that we invented right but like when you bring in animal people there is there is a biological difference between someone who is a lion and someone who is a rooster and the way bna gets around it is they're just like oh we just don't give a shit about that right so like we i that part doesn't matter right it's like it's you know there's beast men and there's humans and sure there are biological differences between us um but that's not why we're being persecuted. We're just being persecuted because the humans need somebody to persecute. And yeah, then there's like this kind of like, and and they they basically pull the like promare again, where they're like the the final villain is, and <laughs> it gets holy shit. I'm just remembering it now. But the final episode <laughs> gets so studio trigger so fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, because yep. <laughs> they start from like, ah, uh, yeah, you know, like, um. I, I was orchestrating this all along because I believe in, in racial purity and um and kind of uh whatever uh, uh, genetic superiority, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, the kind of like eugenic stuff. And Yes. Um then he starts firing laser beams and he's got three heads and he's a dog. It's like <laughs> this went so this ramped up so fast. Um And for for sure there are some complications when you do introduce um like uh antagonists that are of a marginalized class right um especially when it's your your primary final antagonist but what you kind of realize is like one like no no racial allegory will will ever really be perfect um that's just kind of how it is right um right. two there is a kind of like um level of um and this and Promare does this too, right? Is that there are there are people who are um there okay, so there's a saying that is skin is not kin, right? Where there are people who will actively work in in like spite of the best interest of, of marginalized people, even though they belong to, to, you know, a marginalized class, uh, because it will help them personally get ahead, right? They have they have their own agendas, right? And and to be perfectly honest, I really like can't look at that and say like, well, that's not realistic. That's that's bad. That promotes like, you know, um, that promotes like tribalism or whatever. I can't do that because those people exist in our country and our world and in our government as we are speaking right now. Right? It's BNA is not very subtle. It's very on the nose about a lot of things, as Studio Trigger tends to be. It is quite subtle about some other things, like that episode um, about, like, performative allyship. Um, but there is quite a lot of it that is, you know, Studio Trigger. It's very on the nose, like, oh, 
I see. Um, but like, yeah, there's this, um, and it's, you'll have to excuse me. It's, it's been a little bit while since we, we finished this. Um, I, it has been a, like, it's like, there's, there's kind of like, um, certainly talk about that kind of genetic stuff. Um, which I don't think necessarily boils down to biological essentialism. Cause it's like just a thing that studio trigger does with everything they do. They're like, ah, yeah, you got them spiral genes. They're like what trigger? What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> They're science. Um, Trigger science. Right, because like they're they're basically like, ah yes, diversity is bad because if we diversity too much, uh we will breed conflict in, in our genes. Um but then you kind of realize that behind that is is the like real message of it, which is which is to say like there are issues that arise that um a certain like um that people in power will use as as evidence of um fault in a marginalized class and oftentimes it's oftentimes it's a problem that that they created right like like here's the thing about the the quote unquote beastman problem right is that you realize it's only really a problem because uh i don't know humans have oppressed them for centuries like sure you have this like weird mutation thing that happens but uh maybe maybe the solution is we don't just cram all of them into one city because we don't we don't want the racism to happen because it out of sight out of mind right it's like oh this is like a this is a created problem like we created this problem right by right and then you're like oh i i see it's this is this is like the the black on black crime narrative and the drug narrative you're like oh and then you just get depressed because you're like oh reality oh (laughs) sad yeah anyway uh bna absolutely slaps like the animation is just good god the animation the color design just all of it is so freaking gorgeous it's so good all the way through it's um it's directed by um the animation director is uh yo yoshinari who did um the direction for little witch academia too yeah and uh yeah you can definitely feel his his style Mm -hmm. come through Mm -hmm. like he i think has the most energy in that entire studio (laughs) um and it's it's great honestly like the like not only is the animation just like amazing right like i swear to god studio trigger shows just get better and better and better and better over time um but it is so beautiful and so fluid and so fun to watch just constantly just like all the oh my god i just remember there was that entire episode about the bear baseball team and ah i love that episode so much (laughs) yes um also I want, I want a trigger baseball anime now. I hate baseball, but I would watch a trigger baseball anime. Anyway, um the the opening and ending are really good. Um the animation Music, is obviously yes. really good. Um The color choices are are consistently really really good. Um yes. they don't stick to like hard realistic color palettes like they they will oftentimes just hard change the color to um the color and the lighting depending on the mood and they they strike it really well, I think. It's yeah. BNA is a visual treat. It is always, always super pretty. Always so good to watch. Um, the BGM is by uh, Mabanua, who did 
the um, music for a couple of shows at this point, actually. But um, notably, uh, he did the music for um, Megalobox, which yes. was, was uh, really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, as as a story, you know, it flows together fairly well. Like, there's kind of all this stuff. Um, there is a... Um, the character designer, I think, um, or uh, I I talked about this when when we talked about this, but it's the character designer or the like art director um, who is uh, actually from like the West Coast of America, and uh, I believe it's the character designer. Yeah, okay, that's that's what I thought, and the um, the ending is directed by her, and it's really yes. really pretty. Yeah, and the music is so good. <laughs> you don't understand the opening slaps so hard. <laughs> And the ending is just chef's kiss. Mwah. I would listen. To, <laughs> I would listen to the ending on repeat, just like driving for like hours if oh. I could. Right, like that's how good it is. Oh, mm-hmm. delicious, so good. Yeah, like it. It. I tell you what, the vibes—they're just so good. <laughs> I think this show is definitely worth checking out, even if you've never really been overly fond of trigger like this definitely is a trigger show it has its triggerisms but uh overall it's just visually and then also the audio the animation like all of it is is really well put together yeah um, it's a really well done show overall you have you have Hosea voicing uh the male lead who is <laughs> delicious mm, i love his <laughs> voice so much what a sexy man Yeah. Oh, and then there's that whole thing about um having uh becoming suddenly aware of your um of the kind of uh, prejudice a- against a marginalized class because you suddenly become part of that marginalized class, which might come ah. to some as like slightly problematic. Um, but personally, I think it's really interesting, especially in a Japanese context, because I mean, um, Japanese like Japan has this very uh, and I, I've definitely mentioned this before, but Japan has this like really kind of notable attitude towards people who are mixed race, and mm-hmm. becoming aware of or having signifiers of your of your mixed race come up can, I assume possibly be quite the harrowing experience if you've kind of lived your life assuming well you know like we're all just japanese people right and then suddenly right. people are racist towards you and you're like wait shit this right. sucks mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's that's kind of my thoughts about um bna uh in a nutshell we covered a, a lot of them in the sampler i remember uh so i don't really feel the need to to go over them um too much too much more um the rest of the show is is really really great um yeah. if you miss that trigger nonsense you will get it in the final episode i, I promise i really do <laughs> <laughs> anyway the real problem is capitalism well didn't think i'd get there did you thanks man yep. <laughs> let's talk about tower of god a yeah. um an anime that is not plagued by the problems of capitalism <laughs> <laughs> but isn't it though <laughs> I'm sure you'd find a way to loop to loop it all the way back to capitalism. <laughs> Weirdly, I think this is the one that I can't. Really? Yeah. So, I think if I gave you a, a prompt and told you, if yeah, I mean, if you say, gave me time and a prompt yeah. and like you know five bucks, I would. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're an English lit major, like you can make it work. <laughs> I mean, that's that's very true. I don't know. Tower of God, I think, is more in line with like feudalism, though. Is the thing. 
I, that you don't know. That's fair. <laughs> right. Um. So Tower of God is a uh, is an adaptation, an anime adaptation of a manhwa of the same name that has been running for uh, quite quite a long time, and it's um pretty good. I would say pretty pretty good overall. Uh, I have not read the manhwa, but the anime is pretty solid. I did not take offense to it really. Yeah. Um. I I think that the problems of Tower of God, the anime, are very easily attributable to the problems of Tower of God the Manwa. And most of those are, like, writing issues and pacing issues. Like, it's very, very slow. Like, Tower of God is pretty difficult to get into. As interesting as the first episode um, is, the rest of it is, like, pretty slow overall, like, pacing-wise. I mean, things Mm -hmm. happen for sure just often enough for you to to stay interested if you uh, are following along. Um... But I can see how easily one can get lost if you just like don't really know anything about about the manhwa. Um, and there's a lot to it, right? It's like it's it's a very complicated, like deep series. It's uh, I mentioned this before, but right, it's like it's like the the Korean Hunter Hunter. Um, it it oh my god, it is so Hunter Hunter. Like out of all of the anime influences that you could see in this series, Hunter Hunter is definitely the strongest. Yeah, the entire. Yeah premise of it and the entire first i want to say like arc or i guess that they, they cover in the, this first season is like two hunter hunter arcs put together there's an exam arc and a tower arc that's in hunter hunter that this series just puts together <laughs> yeah pretty much I, I will say this um i think it's actually quite impressive how much of the the manhwa they fit in because i'm fairly certain that the point that they left off in the uh in the anime is chapter like 150 right i'm fairly certain it's around chapter 150 that um that that episode happens um yeah uh i don't know how how did you feel about it overall as somebody who didn't really read the manhwa or know anything about it Um, because i'd be Uh... interested to hear Right. I mean, overall, I didn't experience too much of the drag, I guess, that you might get from the manhwa, especially considering that it was 100 chapters in or whatever. Like, it didn't feel like it would be 100 chapters in. Uh, But I guess, like, a lot of that had to do with the way that the anime studio decided to pace out the story, and maybe they glossed over a bunch of stuff or they crammed it all together. I don't know. Um, There were points at which, like... uh, it felt like I was getting a bit lost. Um, I don't know if it was because my investment in the situation was low or I didn't understand the events going on, even though the events overall is like, hey, we're just trying to climb the tower and overcome each challenge that is presented to us. Uh, But I feel like sometimes my investment in the actual challenge or them overcoming it was quite low. Yeah, And so... Uh, it just kind of like felt a lot of times like, oh, well, of course they're going to proceed. Like they're mm-hmm, just going to, mm-hmm. it's, it's just a matter of who's going to, uh, get taken out during this round. Like that's, yeah. that's about it. But yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I will, yeah. And, and the thing about Tower of God too, right. Is that I, I will say that it's not it's like, it's not necessarily that interesting until, uh, what happens in the last episode. Um, because that's the point at which you're like, wait, what? Right. Huh? Yeah, oh. I did like the the last, I guess, bit of the anime that the that they concluded on and that whole emotional arc. Like 
the juxtaposition between the action stuff and the emotional arc that that bomb was going through with uh rachel yeah um yeah. that that felt good to me i was like okay i'm back in it i'm back i'm feel i feel invested once again but before that it had been a series of action challenges and a lot less heavy on the emotional bits i think that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i i think i, mean, that I understand why right. they did it but yeah what I think you're right, though, is it takes a little while for the manhwa itself to kind of find its footing. And mm. from what I recall, the events that kind of come after the um, the last episode of the, the anime, as is right now, uh, mm-hmm. are more interesting than the first part. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It, fe- it always feels like the first part is like kind of the lead up. And then you get to the like betrayal scene. And you're like, oh, right. Cool. Right. I'm in now. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I really hope we get a new season, actually, um, yeah, like, I, yeah, as, as soon as possible, because, uh, I really hope more people get into it. I, I love Tower of God. Um, I obviously haven't kept up with it over the recent years, but like, there's a lot to like about it. I mean, if you like Hunter Hunter, you will, <laughs> you will probably like this. You will probably like this. I will not uh, lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I will say that the animation is technically very proficient. Uh, yes, but it, I, it is... I quite liked the animation style. Yeah, um, but much of it is like, much of it is, I, I think almost all of it is like limited animation. There's not like a ton of Sakuga yes. shots is, is yes, what I yes, noticed. Yes. Like even in the middle yep. of the fight scenes, it's very much yep. like I'm watching like, like Naruto where like, right. um, action is happening at the same pace that the rest of the show happens at. Right. And that might diminish your enjoyment of it somewhat, especially if you're coming off of, like, very recent anime that is, like, not that. Like, to be right. fair, you know, I... I uh, uh, right. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely... Now that you've said it, I think that's what it was, is mm-hmm. that is is that type of pacing issue. Even though the show overall ne- didn't necessarily have a pacing issue for me, but I didn't feel the same like push and pull that I would if I yeah, was watching yeah. Hunter Hunter. It's very uh, Yeah. Very like monotonous in its in its pacing. It's very Right, one-tone. yeah. Yes, yes. You're you're absolutely not You're absolutely correct. Everything happens at like everything everything seems to happen at the same weight, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, you know. Um I I, I totally get that. I totally get that. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why the last part stuck out to me is because that felt like it had a lot more weight and there was a lot more like uh you know a lot more dramatic dips and 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 whatnot (laughs) it also um in all fairness it also uh until that moment it's a little bit difficult to make out the um the central motivations of the lead characters right because you obviously have um Mm-hmm. Right. So the thing about uh Tower of God, right, is the reason it takes so long to get into is because until you know, episode like t- like 13 or whatever, however many episodes there were, um it doesn't like while you kind of understand the the surface motivations of the characters, you don't really come to terms with it until until that moment where where Rachel like pushes um Pom like off, yeah. off the, the thing. Yeah, you're then, right. Suddenly, all of the the build up there has yeah. a, has a ton of weight to it. Yeah, where you're like, mm-hmm. oh, like because it's it's the first like real I will say like character moment where like yeah, um, 
they both become their own characters uh, and right. not just kind of like, you know, we, we want to climb the tower, et cetera, et cetera, right? Like, you see the, the lengths to which Rachel will go to climb the tower, and you see um, the, like, um, the trust that, that you know, Bomb puts, puts in her, and, um, and you see the way that that changes once that moment happens, and that's, that makes for interesting character drama, right? Yeah. Yeah. That makes for interesting character motivation. Suddenly it mm-hmm. goes from like a quite generic uh shown in action to oh <laughs> there's something happening here. Yeah. And I, I and I'll say like, you know, um you don't really know what, what the deal with the rest of the characters is aside from Rack who is just there to be strong. Um which I love I love <laughs> him for it, be strong. I've, <laughs> I love I love Rack. He's one of my favorite characters. Um, my my one of my first D and D characters actually was based on him, um, <laughs> because I was just so. Uh, I mean, I was a nerd, right? But I also just really enjoyed character who is strong because I want to be strong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I will climb tower because I wanted to be strong. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. And it's um this is one of the uh Crunchyroll kind of like sponsored produ- produced like yeah. anime that's coming out yeah. um of webtoons. And that's like yeah. super exciting. That is really exciting. We haven't really gotten that. And this season mm-hmm. we have uh God of High School, which yep. is really good. Yeah. Like I've the animation is mm, yep. Chef's Kiss mm-hmm. delicious. <laughs> so I'm like I'm very on board with this, right? Um, yeah, I think it's awesome that they've decided to strike up this partnership and get animations made. Cause I mean, it's, it's yeah, as long as, as long as you have the resources, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but it is kind of bringing the anime audience and the webtoon audience together. Like, you know, there are people who watch anime that don't read web, web, <laughs> webtoons, and so they don't know about these series. Right. Uh, yeah, so that's really cool. And now the only thing that Country only needs to do is pay its translators. Wow. Shots fired. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, let's talk about uh, my next life as a villainous. All roots lead yeah. to doom. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, for one, welcome our new isekai overlords. I mean, you already been on that train. <laughs> I know, I have. And I, I do obviously have a lot of thoughts about uh, Isekai as a power fantasy genre and uh, as a fulfillment of, uh, of kind of, I, I will say like a male-oriented fantasy, um, but also the recreation of capitalist power in another world, <laughs> a.k.a. colonialism. <laughs> um, capitalism. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, it's like when you think about Isekai really, you're, you you read a bunch of isekai, right? Because you're like, oh, I'm, like, bored. I want to read some isekai. And then you're, like, by the, like, fourth or fifth time that the main character is, like, taking slaves, you're like, hold up. What? <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you, you don't have to make a world where... And, like, this is obviously one of those things about, like, clumsy racial allegory, right? It's like, ah, yes, beastmen are, are, are always discriminated against. It's always beastmen. Always beastmen, yeah. you know, because that. How else are we gonna make like a like an easy like animal people like uh, shot anyway? Um, the way, but yeah, <laughs> you you. It's like ah, I will take slaves, but I will be a good slave owner. It's like no, stop it. 
Yeah. <laughs> How about you just dismantle slavery? I don't understand. Why is this part of your fantasy? Well, I know what. Well, I know why, but. Anyway, um, so my my next life as a villainous is not that um, villainous isekai as a genre. Um, we probably won't talk about this too much, aside from how much how much we we absolutely adored this show because it's so charming, which we we did. We love this show; it's very charming. Yeah, um, it, it remains charming all the way through. Uh, yeah, it doesn't yeah. like take any kind of hard turn in terms of like oh, it's suddenly very... it's a soap opera mess. Um, it's very straightforward, yeah. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, if you like the beginning episodes, then you'll probably like the whole series because it doesn't ever stray too far from that. And I think that's perfectly fine because the original, like, the the concept and premise of it all is is very wholesome and entertaining. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's... <laughs> How do I say this? It's pleasantly homosexual. <laughs> It's also it's bisexual, I guess, right? I mean, yes, yeah, yes. <laughs> uh, it it is so. <laughs> it it's kind of funny actually because it's so on the nose about the like um, about the the love everybody has for the main character. Yeah, in like such explicit ways. It's very. It's there's no like subtext where it's you have to like subtext. dissect what people are like their glances, the way that they say things, and allegory or whatever. Not right, it's this, it's this, not this eye sparkles. Like, it's like exactly. I want to be your wife. Exactly. It's I love you, and I only want to be with you. you, you these other people can go get hecked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I very much enjoy that we've reached this point where like um, yeah. <laughs> They don't. They don't need to kiss to know that it's gay because they are, they're just gonna say it with their mouths in in explicit terms, and they do. I've been waiting um, my whole life. <laughs> thank you, Jesus, for the equal opportunity <laughs> harem. Um, that's that's all I'm I'm gonna say. Um, yeah, no, no, villainous isekai is very cute and charming, and I might have mentioned this before, but like, um, I think it's very cool that as a kind of genre it's more centered around um empathy and rehabilitation yeah uh than it is around doing violence real good to live your yeah. peaceful pastoral life built on the backs of violence mm -hmm. so yeah yeah um i like that there is kind of this um one of the more interesting things was um the the kind of like little cut in with her friend from the other life who she was definitely gay for oh my god dude that episode i wasn't expecting the feelings yeah uh, it was there was some surprising feels also they hold hands <laughs> in the opening every episode so like yep. i don't know what to i don't know what to tell you the show's already gay <laughs> sorry it, it belongs to us but yeah like <laughs> can we talk about how 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 nice it is that like People like her because she has a nice personality and that she's nice to people. Like, she's kind of an idiot. She eats a lot of food. She doesn't understand, like, social cues or how how people are, you know, expressing their, their undying affection for her. Right? As opposed yeah. to, like, a... As opposed to a, like... Like, this, this is it, right? Where, um... In this villainous isekai, it's a lot more about how one makes relationships than it is about um, unequal pi like power dynamics. Where like a mm -hmm. lot of isekai is about like 
well, people like this guy because he's really strong and he does things for people for free. But essentially, like, it's just a person giving other people things. It's it, you, you become a sugar daddy. You're not really, you know, you're a, you're a fantasy sugar daddy. <laughs> um, and in, in Villainous, it's, more, it's much more about, like, well, like, this person is really important to me because they're, they're like, really nice and they've, you know, kind of committed themselves to involving themselves in my issues, even though they don't have to, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that kind of stuff. Um, like the girl eats muffins off the floor. <laughs> you know, how could you not fall in love with that? She kind of a mess. <laughs> she kind of a mess. But that's what we love about her. Yeah, no, she's very a very charming person to be the the lead of this show. <laughs> and in a very funny way um and i think that's what makes it really enjoyable yeah no it's just and it's just a very that, nice yeah. show it's it's very nice people just love her and you're like all right i'm rooting for you mm-hmm. <laughs> okay um yep. let's let's talk about princess connect then Coco princess connect redive <laughs> it's it's kind of frustratingly good. <laughs> um, and I, I say this, like, not out of any spite for the show, uh, because I think it's wonderful and charming. I, I love the setup of it. I love the idea of, uh, of the Gourmet Guild. Um, the characters are all super nice and charming and adorable. And I love that the way that they, they build relationships with each other. I love uh, Carol as a, as a character who reluctantly comes to see this ragtag group as our family because you know i'm a sucker for that trope um mm-hmm. but it does mean that grand blue fantasy is the worst side games property anime out of all of them and there's like four yeah. of them yeah so it's like guys <laughs> make a good anime for your flagship product i beg of you you can clearly do it no 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 <laughs> Ah, it's so frustrating. They just, they just have to make the uh captain in in Grand Blue uh a baby and then that's that's the formula. I mean, he's a like, baby, but he's a different kind of baby. So Yeah. Yeah, no, they need to make him like actually <laughs> this kind baby. of baby. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I mean, what can I say about Princess Connect? It's like a it's a wonderful adaptation of a game. Um Yeah. It's uh Mhm. I, I, I didn't really expect to like it as much as I did, and then it kept being more and more likable as the series went on, uh, and I was stunned because I just thought it would be your typical isekai game thing, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think part of it is, like, they, they play it very straight, but they also, like, have some fun with it, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? It is... It is eminently pleasant to watch because they kind of know what like that the show is like an advertisement for the game, but at the same mm-hmm. time they're willing to. Um, I'm pretty sure I said this when we when we started watching it, but it feels like if Konosuba was like, um, it's like nice Konosuba. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, I would say so. It's it's a very nice Konosuba because no one here is like trash tier overlord you know they're no they're no one is a degenerate to each other yeah like even 
even the girl who was like working for the bad guy and was supposed to be scheming or whatever ends up being uh, she, like she's unable to be mean to these people. Yeah. Like she has to be nice to them. And that's <laughs> because they're nice to her. Yeah, exactly, because they're so nice to her. Whereas Konosuba, it's just a hot garbage fire. <laughs> I love how much of a hot garbage fire it is. But yeah, the, the thing about like Princess Connect 2 is like it's actually pretty funny. Like Yeah. In terms of comedy beats, they, they actually hit a lot of the same ones as Konosuba does. Um yeah. just not necessarily at the like expense of uh the characters like dunking each other. <laughs> It's yeah. <laughs> it's more like the characters um playing into their their flaws or their weaknesses um in in comedic ways like like right. the fact that uh the main character just keeps getting carried away by monsters and eaten yes right um I yeah, remember yeah. being so shocked when he actually did a quest by himself yeah like what a proud moment in the series when You're the like, man actually oh, did something by himself and I'm so proud. succeeded <laughs> yeah yeah I mean it's just really it's just, yeah it's just it's just nice it's just, it's, uh, listen this is like the comfort media I really need in this, in this <laughs> like I cannot I cannot overstate how much like comfort this brings me. It's so yeah. it's so good. It's so nice. I wish I could watch like four idiots adventuring for the rest of time. Because um, <laughs> that's how I feel about Konosuba too. I'm just like I wish I could watch these idiots adventure for the rest of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And it has it has really like nice moment. And this is the thing about um like good comedy too is is that good comedy can. If it's done well, good comedy can easily pivot into um, emotional payout because yeah. when you have um, things that you don't necessarily take seriously but uh, are based on character interactions and character personalities, right? Like a lot of jokes are about how um, kind of over the top Pecorine is as a character. And then in the like last couple episodes, last episode, you realize that it's because she's she's covering up for the fact that, you know, something has caused her parents not to remember her or anyone to yeah. remember that she's a princess. And that has like kind of suddenly you're like, oh, I have to grapple with the emotional weight of a character who is like really like touchy and like hugging everybody all the time. And you realize it's because she doesn't want people to forget her. And you're like, oh, yeah. fuck. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm invested. <laughs> panic <laughs> panic <laughs> um yeah and you know you have uh you have a character like carol who is supposed to be like a spy for the bad guy and she does that to some extent but she realizes how much she cares about the people around her how much they care about her how much like the person she's serving doesn't really care about her or other people and how much she doesn't want to hurt people and overall kind of how ineffectual she is as a spy really <laughs> <laughs> like how mu- how much does she actually do as a as a bad guy? Not that uh, much, right? No. Um, but yeah, that I mean that's that's kind of the that's kind of it though. Is like great comedy is built on the back of of good characterization, which is what Konosuba understands and what it understands beyond that. Um, and this is what um uh the cautious hero um show also kind of uh, gets right. Which is that you can easily pivot that into emotional payout if you if you execute it well. If you want to, like the, the, they're already invested because they're like they've been laughing along with these these characters for like twelve episodes. If you suddenly turn the the table and you're like ah it's drama now, 
people get it. They're like, oh, I care about these characters because, you know, it's kind of funny. It's almost like a shortcut because, like, um, nowadays it's very hard, I think, to build characters that are, um, that have motivations that are, like, commonplace but not, like, not have them feel cliched, right? If somebody's like, I want to avenge my, my parents, unless you do that exquisitely well, you're like, ah, whatever, get over it, Sasuke. <laughs> Um, but when you have comedy, it's you're unintentionally becoming attached to these characters and and the comedy that they they produce. And when things start happening that are dramatic, you're like, oh shit! I like I care a lot actually. Right. So yeah, I mean, obviously yeah. part of that's building endearing characters, but it yeah. it can kind of pivot into being quite compelling drama. And yep. I think Princess Connect gets that pretty pretty good. I think mm-hmm. they get that quite right. Um, I love the framing of the last episode. I love how it it starts like very quiet and and eventually goes into like the grand crescendo of like the final climax moment. Where like they're all putting their powers together. It's like the the final episode of like season two of Konosuba, where you're like, oh, they're doing it. They're working together, <laughs> and you feel so good inside. You're like, oh yeah. my yeah. my children, they're working together. <laughs> They got they this. They got their acts together. Yay. <laughs> yeah. So Princess Connect was absolute shocker for how good it is. It's so yeah. good. It's yeah. so good. Highly recommend. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend. If you want a fantasy <laughs> show, watch Kono uh not Konosuba. Watch Princess Connect. I mean, you could I mean, also watch Konosuba. <laughs> watch it's just a very different take also. on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of these is a lot more wholesome than the other. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if they ever release Princess Connect in English, I might have to play it. Um, that's a problem. Uh oh. <laughs> more gacha. I don't want to play more gacha. It's <laughs> consuming my life. <laughs> also, I don't remember when the last time we talked was. Um, but I finished Unlimited Blade Works. It's really good. Oh, okay, good. Congratulations. Sorry, that just came to me out of the blue, completely unrelated to anyone, anything we were talking about. Anyway, um, <laughs> let's talk about the next anime. Let's go. All right, uh, the next one is the one that I watched that you did not, uh, Woodpecker Detectors Detectives Correct. Office. The, the show uh, that started wild <laughs> and only got weirder. Uh, all right, so I finished it, and <laughs> it very solidly, if I were to sum it up, falls into the Bungo Stray Dogs category of... Very interesting premise with such a middle of the ground mediocre execution, uh, and of course it's centered around writers and poets, just like Bungo Stray Dogs. So, <laughs> uh, the uh, core premise of the show is actually um, based on this real life friendship between uh, these two people, Kindaichi and Ishikawa who actually did go around solving a series of murders while I they were see. living in the same town together. And I think that is super cool, right? That's a really neat premise. Uh, however, <laughs> the show tries so very hard to pay homage to these characters in a way that just felt very performative. Uh, like the uh, fact that they 
have these people mentioning poetry all the time to such a way that like he's always reciting poems and then his friend is always like hey man i love your mind because you're such a great poet and they do this constantly and it doesn't need to be done that much you know what i mean like if he's a good poet he's just he's a good poet you don't need to keep railing it home uh and the one point where it felt natural was like towards the end of the whole series where he uh where Ishikawa the poet is struggling to write this like poetry anthology and he ends up just writing a poem about Kindaichi who uh gets drunk and he explains that poetry is just his way of capturing like these tiny little sparks of life around him and and try to give them form and uh that kind of falls in line with uh how the real life Ishikawa um his poetry was known to be very uh, articulate in how he made very um in in how he put words to daily observations that he made right it, he did it in such a beautiful way that people were captivated by that uh-huh. and but then everything else felt so forced the way that they made this man recite his own goddamn poetry all the goddamn time <laughs> And so the other part that really bothered me is that the emotional beats for this show just don't really land. Like, there were times where it felt like they were delivering it very seriously, but it ended up being a comedic moment. But something about it didn't, like, they missed it, either some kind of musical cue or the way that they delivered the the humor uh, just went over my head. And I don't know if it's because it, is meant to be more of a period piece that it you know it, it doesn't cater to modern sensibilities you know what i mean uh but then there's also the fact that it doesn't carry any kind of emotional investments like it it, it inconsistently carries them right so i told you about how ishikawa framed king daichi for murder uh-huh. during the first three episodes and then they don't carry any kind of emotional weight of those consequences after that. They just kind of move on with their friendship after that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then later on in the show, they start bickering or whatever, and you would think that that would be more paired with the fact that my man's framed his friend for murder, but <laughs> there were no consequences. Okay. And then later on, they do have consequences for other things. And so it doesn't make any sense to me tonally. There's no consistency for me. Uh, uh and and it doesn't it's very like ham fisted in certain tonal shifts too. Like towards the end they start making it very obvious that Ishikawa, the poet, is sick. And uh real life Ishikawa, um he uh had he had tuberculosis. And so uh-huh. in the anime they start showing this man's coughing up blood like all the time. In every episode they have a shot of him in the in the last like three or four episodes where he's looking down at his hand after the coughing and and there's blood in it. How many times do they need to show this? <laughs> uh, I see. Yeah, you think you would get it. And and I cannot tell you how quickly it shifted between him looking normal and him looking like a goddamn zombie, like immediately, just one episode to another. And I was like, this. <laughs> 
where's my gradual build to anything? I don't know, man. And uh, I guess the last nail in the coffin for me was the fact that the mysteries themselves, because this is a murder mystery show, mm-hmm. uh, they weren't very intriguing. They mm. weren't like head scratchers or anything. There was literally the last episode was the kind of solution where they hid a clue from the audience that only the protagonist saw and knew about. And that's uh, such a big no-no. <laughs> I see. Mm, mm. Yeah. Like, that's not how the, you write a murder mystery. Exactly. The, Looking the, at you, BBC <laughs> Sherlock. Basically, the culprit was supposed to be someone who had smashed a stained glass window, and the main character confronts this girl who was actually his landlord. He says, you're the one who did it, and I noticed this because your shoes have little stained glass shards in them, and I noticed that when you ran out of here. But they don't show that to the audience. And so... (laughs) Yikes. Uh, And also the fact that she's 14 years old. I was like, what? She's the main bad guy that you've been talking about this entirety of the show. Like, this was the climactic mystery, where in the beginning, you know, you remember when we were watching it together, they had that first mystery where they didn't really solve it. He just said that there was a possibility that someone else did it. Right. And he faked some evidence to kind of prove that point. Uh-huh. She was the one who had orchestrated the whole thing. Like, oh she orchestrated all these people to uh, to murder someone and then take their own lives. And then she would kind of write letters and, and forge evidence in such a way that it made their their suicides into um, social justice causes. And she's 14. <laughs> I see. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, that... I don't know about this show, man. Like, I think it had a lot of potential, and it just it didn't carry out any of it in a way that was likable to me. Maybe I'm being, like, way too harsh on it, or maybe it's just not, you know. <laughs> maybe I just didn't get it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I didn't I didn't like it. I had no emotional investment in the characters either because they were, they were framing each other for murder and <laughs> there's no consequences. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's not yeah, a session. Um, I would I would be interested in hearing if Brandon ever watches it and he and he has <laughs> you can't to do that it. to him. Listen, he he spent like an hour destroying Kabuki Cho Sherlock. <laughs> you can't do that I to him. You know, I feel like was... I need I need that for this show. <laughs> you know he would watch it, <laughs> but he he would articulate maybe why I. <laughs> I mean, I I don't know. I feel like you got the gist of it. Uh, bad at character, bad at mystery, bad at anime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess so. I would yeah, say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it it really is kind of inexcusable for a mystery show to have bad mysteries if you're not also gonna have like like you can either have it be focused on the mystery, which is fine. You can have mm-hmm. it be focused on the characters, which is also fine. But if you're not gonna do either really well, then it's um it's pretty damning. Pretty damning. Exactly. Correct. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like there better be something redeeming about your mystery show if you really wanna make one, and it's pretty clear that there 
Right. It felt like they had wanted to build it on the fact that it's based around these real life writers and poets and their friendship together. But when you kill the any kind of investment you have in their friendship because one of them is such a royal douchebag to the other one, you don't know why you should be invested in these two because you're just thinking the whole time, why are they friends? They should stop being friends. They're awful. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so I have a hard time recommending the show, but if you like it, then please inform me <laughs> as so I that I may gain a new perspective on this show, maybe. I, I don't think you're going to get any, uh, any, <laughs> any mail in about that one. Uh, I think that that's going to be a nah. Please write me a letter. <laughs> right. It has to be a handwritten letter. Uh, you have to uh, put it in a an envelope and wax seal it, um, and then you can send it off. Um, you have to make sure that the USPS doesn't die by then. Uh, because that's oh, what yeah. the government is trying to do now. So, you know, all those things. Anyway, mm-hmm. shall we rip up? Yeah, that's that's all I had to say about that. And I think that's all the anime that we watched for the season. That is. Um, yeah. Which is kind of amusing. Uh, the, the coming season is going to be even sparser. Um, so that, that'll, be, uh... that'll be quite fun. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's, that's just what we do. That's just what we have to live with um, in, in this age this day and age so um yeah why don't why don't we wrap up yeah 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 yeah. i don't remember which order we do this in anymore so i'm just gonna start uh literally anywhere um uh i know who are you do we have anything that you got doing? it that's that's how we do <laughs> i am you'll Benny. note that you it's can... been about a month since we recorded our last episode this monthly schedule has made it a lot harder to remember what what our routines are oh my god <laughs> uh you could find me on twitter and tumblr and twitch at swandron you could find me on instagram at swan.dron I'm still playing through Okami. I feel like I'm in the last third of the game. I Last time we recorded, I thought that I was at the end, and I'm not, and I'm just a fool, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we're, we're getting there towards the end. I feel it because we're actually revealing some character backstory, and we haven't done that this entirety of the whole game. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it, it's really surprising to me that you're still playing this game. Yeah, no, I'm having a great time, though. The, the chat is being really gracious and fun while I throw myself into this I don't know, 200-hour game. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so if you want to see that, come on by. Nice, 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 nice. Yeah. How about you, bud? Uh, you can find me all places at Literal Soup. Uh, I'm... Eh, honestly, I'm a little quiet right now. Um, not much not much going on. Uh, there's stuff mm-hmm. in the works. Uh, obviously, I've been working on some uh, unannounced projects for certain Ooh. things, um, of which I'm contributing some writing to um i'm trying to get together a patreon th- post for my my personal patreon to have by the end of the month um because i've been doing some restructuring about the patreon um considering you know uh one i can't go outside really um and two ramen kind of sucks when you take it out and um three mm-hmm. um i don't know I've, I've just been interested in doing some other stuff because uh you know i don't need to give wizards of the coast any more money um 
like, listen, I've already bought, like, three of their, like, $60 books or whatever. Um, Bro. I, I play their game all the fucking time, uh, and they <laughs> did not treat my friend Orion very well. So, you know, oh, kind of sours oh, no. the experience a little bit, but... Um, oh, no! I'm sorry, man. Yeah, so, uh, kind of kind of all that stuff going on, but anyway, I'm trying to uh, pivot my, my Patreon to some other stuff, because I there are some other things that I would be interested in doing. Um, it has so far been more of a, like, you know, our little writing commission Patreon, but I I actually really like it to be like support me for doing a project that I'm interested in. Um, mm. essentially writing uh, essays, which is funny because <laughs> I got out of school and I was like, I'll never write an essay again. And like a year later, I'm sitting here like, mm, man, I really miss writing essays. <laughs> um, that's how it is. But yeah, so that's that's what I'll be doing. That's what I'll be doing. Okay. Um, I that's might cool. have I might have something up by the end of the month. Um, hopefully, Ooh. um, if my my brain allows me to. I don't know. I've been... I don't know what it is. It might be any any number of things, but I've been feeling kind of lethargic lately. Um, oh. And I might have expressed as much in, in the last uh, episode that we did, but I just want to sleep all the time. You know, I don't want to think about <laughs> what's happening on this planet, this husk of an Earth. <laughs> um, but I do want to write an essay, which is kind of weird. I never thought I'd get to that point in my life. Haha. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, uh, yeah, so keep keep an eye out for that. Uh, it might go up um, by the end of the month on my on my WordPress page. So that's cool. Nice. Leave a link to that. Yeah. So keep keep an eye out on that. Um, that's kind of all I'm up to. Uh, there's really nothing kind of interesting for me going on anymore. Um, at least not for a while. Um, other than the the moving thing, but you know. So it goes. I'll have to live. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's funny because I've been I've been living um, essentially apart from my parents for uh, a couple months at this point, like three or four months, and it's been so nice. <laughs> and back to my parents, I go. <sighs> Woo! That's just how it goes. All right. Um, well, why don't we why don't we wrap up the uh, the rest of this stuff? Our opening is by Scotty Network, and our ending is by Takamakata. Definitely check them out, because they're really cool. Really cool. Yeah. Um, and the patrons we have to thank this month are Frostfall, Ooh. Cheru, Sean, Gwen, Claire, Figure 4, and Magpie Miratess. Thank you so, 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 so much thank for you. your support. Uh, we obviously yeah. could not make the podcast without you. I, I hope Yeah. I hope it's been it's been good. I know there's been a lot of um scheduling issues and infrequent episode updates and all kinds of stuff we're messing with on the podcast here um but uh yeah i i hope i hope you enjoy um the next episode like next proper episode should be about villainous isekai (gasps) so keep an keep an ear out for that one uh it's mostly why we didn't talk super in depth about uh villainous isekai this time because we definitely want to bring it up during the episode. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Well, uh, I think we will see you next time. Woo, see you next time.
なら、また明日ね。